Hey, what's up, guys? This is Clint McGill. Excited to be with you here on the podcast today, and uh, really excited to share this guest with you, Mr. Steve Springer of Quality at Bats. And if you don't know Steve, then uh, buckle up. You're about to really enjoy this conversation. Um, I think my personal opinion here is that Steve is the best speaker in the sports world right now, definitely the baseball world. And uh, anyway, just a very powerful message, just a really cool guy, and uh, just just a genuine person. And uh, like I said, he's been helping a lot of people. Um, you know, former Major League Baseball player, was the mental strength coach for the Blue Jays for a number of years, and still very actively involved. And uh, anyway, I can't wait to share some of the things that he has here. So before we get started, I want to share this week's positive testimonial with you. Thanks, Clint. Your programs have helped so much. The Bulletproof Hitter and Brumley hitting videos are phenomenal. My son made the 12-year-old USSA regional team, Baseball Youth Elite, and Game Day USA All-American team also. You are a huge blessing to us. Keep up the great work, Ron W. Well, thank you so much, Ron. Sounds like you have quite the ball player here, and uh, I always feel kind of funny taking any credit for anybody's success, but uh, if you can be you know, a small part of unlocking somebody, then uh, man, we feel, feel very blessed to be a part of it. So continued good vibes your guys' way. And without further ado, here is the conversation with Steve Springer. Steve, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, Clint. Good to be here, buddy. Glad we could finally hook it up. Yeah, absolutely. We're having some tech problems getting all set up here, but we're, we're ready to roll, man. So I appreciate you here sharing with the audience. So um, anyway, Steve, let's go ahead and get started. Um, you have a really interesting story. I'd like for you to, to share a little bit about um, your path in baseball. You know, uh, were you the big man on campus from growing up or uh, why, don't, why don't you share where you started uh, for the audience, please? Uh, I'll go all the way back till I was eight years old, bro. I was an all-star. Ah, <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah, when I was nine years old, I was in the majors playing against 12-year-olds and I was an all-star when I was 11, 12, and then I didn't grow an inch from the time I was 12 to 15. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and I had to go play in the big field, so... All of a sudden, I was the littlest guy in school. I, when I was a freshman in high school, I was 4'11", 90 pounds. I think I made the team because my brother was the star of the team. Uh, I got like three at-bats. I coached first base. My next year, I went up to from Huntington Beach, California. I went to Marina High School. and My sophomore year, all my buddies are on JV and varsity, and I stayed on soft rush, but I got to play that year. Uh, my junior, all my buddies are on varsity, and I uh, played JV, got to play. I'd rather play on JV than sit the bench on varsity. Right. You know, uh, although I didn't get my Letterman jacket, that sort of sucked. But uh, <laughs> uh, my senior year, I was 5'8", 140 pounds. So I was, uh, you know, I grew nine inches in high school. I just went from tiny to small. Now I'm the small senior in school. Uh, but it's my time to shine. I'm going to show him I could play. And uh, I had a sophomore take my job. So I did not start my senior in high school. I coached first base again. Uh, my brother, you know, well, first of all, there's 50, 50 colleges within 50 miles of Huntington Beach. And I did not get one phone call. My brother goes to Golden West Junior College. He's all state. He's a year older than me. He played six years of pro baseball. And we just competed our whole life against each other. And, right. uh, you know, he's all state. I'm thinking the coach knows I'm coming there. He didn't even have to call me uh, because he didn't. <laughs> and uh, so I went out for the summer team and I got cut, you know, which is baffling to me to this day on how bad this guy thought I sucked. I mean, my brother's all state and I don't make the team. 
so I did what anybody in California would do. I got a job at Disneyland and I'm working on the canoes and I'm playing on the softball team with my uncle was a supervisor there and softball is huge. So <laughs> technically I'm still playing, right? Right. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you're staying in shape. <laughs> yeah. About three days later, my brother comes home with the uniform for me because three guys quit and I was on the team. I was 19 years old. I got three at bats. I coached first base. Um, and I played in the big leagues. So a lot of you kids out there that are listening to this, man, don't let anybody tell you that you're too small to play this game, man. Nobody knows where you're going to grow except for God, and that's it. I mean, what's, what's Dustin Pedroia, 6'5"? You know, Altuve? I mean, th these guys are like 5'5", five, 5'7", five, five, and they both could shrink two inches and be a big leaguer. And this is the best thing about baseball is you don't need to be 6'2". When I was scouting with the Diamondbacks, and I'd see that guy with a great body, 6'2", just digging himself Man, my antennas went up because I'm not getting tricked by a body, man. When I go scout, I'm looking for baseball players. I'm looking for gamers. I'm looking for guys that know how to play the game with instincts. Uh, it's the best thing about it. you don't have to be 6'2". I mean, but fortunately, I grew four inches when I was 20 years old. And now I had a new oh. body. And I was always a really good player. I just didn't have the strength. See, I don't uh -huh. believe that I need to grow four inches, but I need to get stronger. And I went from a second string, second baseman, doing all-conference shortstop in one year uh and i was getting recruited by all these schools i had a full ride to uc irvine full ride to ucla uh, my best friend rich amrall is going to ucla and you know who got to the big leagues when he was 29 years old with the mariners and got eight years in the big leagues he's going there uh and it was the greatest five days of my life <laughs> till he looked at my <laughs> till he looked at my transcripts he's like really buddy you took badminton <laughs> tennis oh wow yeah, I hated school, man. And, and kids, I know your parents know nothing out there. Listen to your parents, man. Get good grades. Had a full ride at UCLA. I couldn't get in. You think my dad was pissed? Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how I got in University of Utah and uh, got the, got a full ride there. And, and uh, this is the best thing about baseball because whether you're in travel ball, high school, college, or even pro, you're evaluated every single day by somebody. And we had 50 scouts in the stands to see Rick Aguilera, Wally Jordan, and Corey Snyder. Uh, all 15-year big leaguers. Okay, kids out there, you think Mike Trout, Clayton Kershaw, and uh, Bryce Harper, because that's who these guys were. And I went, right. five, I went five for five that day with a uh, bomb, two doubles, and five RBIs, and I get drafted by the New York Mets as an outfielder. It was the very first day I played the outfield in my life. I, I hurt my arm at Utah. I went there as a shortstop. I DH'd the whole year. And at the end of the year, our shortstop was doing well, so he put me in the outfield, and Scout never heard of me. So I get drafted by the out uh, by the New York Mets. Go to Little Falls, New York. Hit like two forty six, eleven home runs. Just did okay. Uh, I was not used to playing every single day. I was so tired. My brother got picked up by the Tigers, so we came home and we lifted and we got bigger, stronger, faster, not taller. Went to my first spring training. I barely make the low A ball team as the fifth outfielder. And uh, so for the first month of the season, I'm freaking coaching first base, just like my whole life. And nice, I came yeah. back full circle. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, how do you handle not playing? Cause non playing sucks. We all want to play. Right. And here's how you, here's how you handle it in pro ball. You take batting practice. Like it's your game. You take in, uh, ground balls. Like it's your game. Uh, and you be ready for the, for the coach to call your name and you pull for your teammates. Cause he will call your name. And our second baseman got traded on like May 1st. And I told my coach, I said, coach, man, I'm an infielder. I want to play second. And he said, thank God. Cause you suck in the outfield. I'm like, I know. I was brutal in the outfield. Uh, so he let me play second base, and everything's going good. Eighth inning ground ball, double play, right to my legs. So that sort of sucked. I didn't play there for about a week. A week goes by, lets me play there again. And eighth inning ground ball, double play, right to my legs again. Uh, I, got, I got four hits that day. And, oh, wow. 
anybody out there at any level you want to hit, you get, you want to play, you got to hit. I ended up playing every single day the rest of the year. I ended up leading the league in hits. I had 165 hits. I was hitting second in the league and hitting behind Vince Coleman, who could fly. And I still don't know what I was doing. So all of a sudden, I'm a prospect. Uh, the next year, I go to double A. Uh, the next year, I go to triple A. You know, and I feel God put me in triple A for 11 years to do exactly what I'm doing now. Because whether I'm talking to a major league all star or the dad of a 10 year old, my message is the same. And this is about being a better competitor than you are a player. I, I, my main vein when I speak is the batting average is the biggest trap in the game. Right? I hit three balls right on the screws right at somebody. And baseball says I suck. It's a trap. Right? right. I hit, you know, I, I hit three balls right on the screws right at somebody. I beat the pitcher. The pitcher knows I beat him. The pitcher's mom knows I beat him. My batting average goes down. I think I failed. And now the wrong Steve Springer started playing. Because every, every single player that plays this game has two players in them. I got confident A.J. Pollock who's an absolute star, and I got non-confident A.J. Pollock that sucks. Well, you right. know what? He doesn't play anymore, right? A.J. Pollock's been calling me for seven years. He got my CD when he was a sophomore in college at Notre Dame. He said it changed the way he thought just by thinking about getting rid of the batting average and being the best competitor on the field with an attainable goal to hit the ball hard and help his team win. And when you get great at that, you don't underachieve. But what happens is we go 0 for 4, we hit three balls right on the screws, and then we go 0 for 4 and do nothing right, and now we're 0 for 8, and our whole goal changes to i got to get a hit. If I get your guys to do four things every day, walk up the plate with confidence with an attainable goal to hit the ball hard, attack the inside part of a pitch I'm looking for, I'm a huge believer in hitting the hunting speeds, and if we had a game tonight, show up to help your team win the game. And you get great doing those four things, but let's get the right guy playing. Right? That's the whole thing is, is we, we, we recruit players in college or we, we give a guy a million bucks because we saw him good, but that mentality doesn't play all the time. And, and we, right. we got to get the right guy playing. I got a new game, new pitcher, new hero every single night that we play this game. Right? So why am I bringing yesterday's stats into today? And stats are evil. Right? Look at your stats at the end of the year by getting the right guy playing. Right? There's not a confident batting average stat and a non-confident batting average stat. It's one stat that has no brain. It does not care who's showing up. Right? I'm trying to help you hit 300, by the way. Everybody's like, oh, there's spring batting average trap. Right. Because right. I, I know what it does to you mentally. I did it. I went one for 20. I went one for 20, 30 times. And if you don't go one for 20, 30 times, you didn't play long enough. Because it's right. going to happen in pro baseball. That's five games where I do everything right and not get a hit and do nothing right and not get a hit. And, and now, you know, we get the wrong guy playing. You know, there's, yeah. there's no exact science to this game. You know, I mean, I was the, a mental coach with the Blue Jays for eight years, and I talked them into having the quality at-bat champion once a week. And we had three winners per week, per team, whoever the most quality at-bats got a nice $25 Best Buy gift card. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to you be a Blue Jay. They get away crap for free all the time, right? <laughs> and uh, we had one guy go one for 20, and he got a card. He got a hit, he got a bunt down, got a couple guys over, runners on second and third, nobody out, and he had seven balls right on the screws right at somebody. And that got him a card. He was 12 for 20 in quality at bats. That guy's Kevin Pillar, right? A center fielder from the Jays who had a 54-game hitting streak as a junior in college and did not get drafted. So the next time you think you're getting hosed out there, think of that. I mean, right. You don't, in, you don't luck into 54, bro. You luck into six maybe, not 54. You could hit. We took right. him the next year in the 32nd round, and he kicked the door down. He was the second guy in his draft to get to the big leagues, and he signed for a thousand bucks. Okay, but he's also had my CD since he was in high school. He, I mean, he, it, there's so much, and I don't. I, I'm, I'm telling stories not to impress people. I'm telling stories to impress upon you. Why can't this be me one day? 
And I played junior football with Nolan Arenado's dad when I was eight. So I know Nolan his whole life. And his quote on my website is spring. When I get, when I get into a funk, spring knows he's getting a call. And I tell him the same thing. I tell the dad of a 12 year old, get Garrett, get great at being a better competitor than you are a player. If your compete level ever, ever goes below your ability level. Now you're underachieving. That's great, man. That's fantastic. I mean, th this game is so difficult. It's almost like a, uh... Yeah, I've read on mental performance books and things like that, and they talk about, um, you know, you can see it in basketball where you've got guys that are hitting, you know, crossover three-pointers and all this sort of thing. You put them at the free-throw line all of a sudden, and it's a whole different ballgame, you know what I mean? And then you get the, the kicker who, you know, they can kick field goals all day long, and then they, you know, call the timeout, and they, you know, obviously the term ice the kicker. Well, in baseball, it's kind of like that on every at-bat. I mean, you're out there, you got nothing to do but let your mind wander, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a game where – you know, you can just, uh, you know, you're just engaged at all times. There's so many pauses. And like you said, I mean, it's hard to make outs in front of people. And, uh, you know, especially the higher levels you go, your batting average is inescapable. I mean, you know, you go to, uh, you know, Division One or anywhere like that, they got a scoreboard that's got your batting averages right there over the pitcher's shoulder. And uh, you just get to look at it whenever it goes down, even if you hit it on the screws. So, quality competitor is tough. You know you get what I'm talking about when you're 0 for 4 with four strikeouts and you look at that lineup in the ninth inning and you say, I need two guys to get on so I can be the hero. Instead of, oh, crap, if two guys get on, i got to hit again. See, what we do, we make it about us. We make it about our stats. We make it about me. And I'm telling you, your career starts when you say this is not about me. It's about me helping my team and getting 25 confident players to show up every single day. I spoke to the University of Texas in 2012. They came in last place out of their division. They didn't go to the conference championship. Augie Garrido, I knew their coach. And right. uh, I, didn't, I didn't know how they were doing, Tommy Nicholson. And, and I said, I was in Austin. I said, hey, you want me to talk to your team? He said, Sprig, we need you at the beginning of the year, man. If we go 6-0, and oh, we don't make our conference championship, right? Everybody almost got fired. And he's like, Augie's not going to pay. I said, I'll do it for free, bro. I wanted to meet Augie, man. I love him, right? And yeah, so, yeah, I guess I Oh, so I go in there and I could not have spoke better. I had 16 players in the room and I could have told them to go stand in the corner. They would have did it. And I left and uh, I'm about ready to leave. And Augie's like, Augie wants to see you again. And he goes, okay, buddy, we're going to pay for that. I want you in here next year for three days. I went in there the next year for three days, right? Oh, wow. The same exact team that came in ninth place in their division with freshmen and nobody else was one game away from the national championship, and they just came in ninth place in their division by what they were thinking. That we got 25 confident players to show up every single day because most teams think they have a 25 man roster. Clint, trust me, they got a 50 because everybody's got two players in them. How do we get 25 confident players to show up every single day? You play in I don't give a crap mode about me, and you play every day like it's opening day. Nobody in the history of baseball has ever walked up to play on opening day with no confidence ever because there's no yesterday yet, right? I told that to Paul Goldsmith. He said, that's brilliant. I said, we're going to have 162 opening day mindsets. On game number six, 162, I shoot him a text, opening friggin' day. He shoots me a text back, I love you. <laughs> it's keeping the yeah. mind right, man, because too many players let their mind get in the way of their ability instead of help their ability. You know, that no, sounds like that's a psychologist, fantastic. bro. I can't spell psychology. I mean, I know it starts with an S and that's it, but <laughs> we, we do, we got to get the right guy playing, man. But yeah, but I had the same, same experience where when I was in professional baseball, you know, I got to the point where I hit a slump and I was a utility guy. So a one for 20, 
which I think I had a one for 20, one for 23, something like that. I mean, that was like two weeks because I didn't, I, mean, I wasn't playing every day. And, uh, and you know, just talking about, man, am I going to get released? I need to pick this up. I mean, this was my, my goal in life and I was blowing it. And uh, it finally got to a point where I was hitting below 200. I think I was like 180 or something. And it was just dying. And we got to a point where I think it was like August. And I looked at the calendar and I was like, you know, even if I go 500, hit 500 from here on out, there's no saving this batting average this year. Like this was a bad year. You know what I mean? And, and there was such a relief in trying not to salvage that, that, you know, I didn't end up late in place on fire, but I raised it 20 points. You know what I mean? I ended up hitting barely over 200 and, you know, saving some dignity there. Um, but it was, it was like physical. Like I could literally feel the difference whenever I stopped trying to save the batting average or be concerned with that. And then just trying to, you know, compete in that and in, in the next at bat that I got and not well, being, you know, the, the weight of my future is, is baked into the, whatever outcome comes after. You know what I mean? Well, that, that's what happens is when you finally you're, you're doing so bad, you say, I don't even give a crap anymore. And then you start hitting and then you yeah. start hitting and you start giving a crap again. It's like a vicious cycle. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's one of my when I speak all over the country, if you can play in two modes, I don't give a crap about me. It's not about you. And you play every day like it's opening day. And you watch how much fun the game is because too many players play this game like it's a three-hour timeout, like they're in trouble. Nobody's in trouble, right? right? When I go speak, I said, if you play one more game with tension, anxiety, and pressure, I'm going to sign your butt up for the military when you're 18 because that's where that's at. Right. You know, God bless. We're playing baseball. Nobody's in trouble. But, right. you know, it's like, you know, it's like parents. I mean, I get the emails from parents. Oh, little Johnny's great in the cage and he freezes in the game. And I'll call them back because I call everybody and they're like, I, hate, I say, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but somebody's turned your little messiah into perfectionist. And now he thinks he's got to be perfect. And now he's, you know, I shot a two minute video on why kids quit the game at 13 years old because of the pressure that's put on them by the one who loves them the most. And if anybody right. wants to Google that, you know, you, it, 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 it got viewed 3.4 million times in three days. Oh, yeah, we'll put a link uh, to it under here. Yeah, absolutely. People need to see that. So Yeah, and, and then I got Johnny Testosterone Coach yelling at my nine-year-old, you know, and I'm like, really? Right. Come on, man. Let's go. Make it fun, man. 12 and under, man. I, uh, if you yell at a kid 12 and under, shame on you, man. If you yell at a kid eight and under on the baseball field, quit. Right. I mean, you, you, you're, you're cheating this kid out of fun, and, and, and now these kids are quitting with their little kid body, and they don't even get a chance to play with their man body or their young man body. Right. So I'm into making it fun, man. I mean, uh, somewhere along the line, man, the Burger King championship is more important than my freaking sin having fun and enjoying baseball. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, you know, just really good advice. You get just caught up in the moment. It's hard to look at, you know, I've got an eight year old and uh, we've played a couple of years of better baseball and, you know, you're out there and you kind of get caught up in it and you want your kid to do well. And then he drops the sure. ball and you're just like, ah, you know, we needed that out. You know what I mean? We all want our kid um, to be the next Mike Trout, bro. I mean, it's just exactly. it's human nature. Because uh, we see it in school, you know what I mean? Like, you know, our, our son is eight. He's our oldest. And we've seen it where, you know, uh, even before school, like certain kids were crawling and our kid wasn't even crawling yet. And then they were walking and our kid's not even crawling yet. And then you're like, <laughs> and, and then we start with school and some kids are writing their alphabet and he's like not even close to writing. You know what I mean? You get all concerned that they're falling behind. And then fast forward a couple of years and everybody can spell and can, you know, count to 10 and all the things that we were concerned about, you think like, Oh, we shouldn't have been rattled about. And I think that might well, be with yeah, baseball then, right now. You know what I mean? Like just, well, then uh, you, got the, 
Yeah. I mean, you you just don't know when you're going to grow. You don't know when you're, I mean, I I was immature mentally and physically. I mean, I wasn't ready to go to college when I was 18. I was ready to go back and be a freshman when I was Uh 18 in high school. (laughs) You know, so everybody's different, man. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about sitting on speeds, man. Too many players try and hit the fastball, curveball, slide up, change up, oh, oh. You're looking for everything. You're not ready for anything, man. It's like Mark Trumbo's favorite line. It's a blackjack analogy, right? Too many hitters hit like they got 16 on them. Oh, oh, like you're going to bust, like you're going to strike out. I said, bro, we're splitting aces here, right? right? I don't have to swing. And too many hitters try and hit 94 and 79 at the same time. I see yeah. it all the time. Oh, I'm going to sit fastball and adjust. Really? It's that easy, huh? Right. Why would I want to until I get two strikes, right? If I'm sitting on a fastball and I get a fastball, it's called harder BP. But now I'm going to try and hit 94 and 79 at the same time. Clint Hurdle said it as good as you could say it. He's one of my buddies, mentor. He said it's really hard to hit 94 and 79 at the same time. And why yeah. would I want to until I get two strikes on me, man? Right? How come we could all hit the breaking ball machine in the cage and it turns invisible during the game? Because we know it's coming in the cage. Right? And I know that too many hitters look for something they want to hit rather than what they're going to get. Right? Yeah. And trust me, please don't take this the wrong way because I always want you to sit fastball until it's time not to. And the higher levels you go, you go watch college baseball, and as soon as the guy gets on third, second, or third base, you tell me, are, are, is two out of three going to be a fastball or a breaking ball? It's a right. no-brainer. They're going to gonna be breaking yeah. ball. Absolutely. The pitcher's got the Ernie on the line. They know everybody can hit a fastball. Uh, runs are, you know, are so scarce there. I mean, it's just like, you know, we got to be able to, to, to watch the pitcher every single game. I tell my guys, you don't have five at-bats today, bro. You got... You got 27 minimum, right? But 22 right. when your buddies are hitting and you're watching the pitch and you see what he's throwing. You got the little lefty out there throwing a 2-1 change up to your buddies and is successful. Now you come up with runners on second and third. Buddy, here comes the 2-1 change up, right? right. Like Pitchers are creatures of habit, you know? And if I, told, if I told you here comes a fastball 100% and you can't put a good swing on it, then go play soccer. We got to be able to do that, right? right? But sometimes it's okay to sit off speed. And everybody's like, oh, Spring, you're a guest hitter. Yes, I am, brother. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's educated guess, you know. It's not flip a coin, oh, tails, I'm going to sit breaking ball. I got a feel. I got a gut, right? I got instincts to hit. So any players out there that want to be big leaguers, that want to play in college, the next time you watch a baseball game on TV, don't watch it like a fan. Watch it like a player, like you're on the bench and you're going to get in that bat. Yeah, that's 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 terrific. Now, when did you have that approach? Because that's something that I kind of learned really after I got done playing. You know, looking, uh, you know, reading a little bit more, doing a little more homework for some of the books that are out there on, uh, you know, the best baseball books. Because I was a guy that I was looking for a fastball away, and I was adjusting for anything coming in. And you know, college, high school, whatever, I had decent success with that. But once those guys started cranking up to ninety three, ninety four. And they got the sliders a little tighter, you know, I would get that fastball and I would miss it. You know what I mean? Because I was, you know, I was only 80% on there. And so was that, was that an approach that you learned like through your 11 years in AAA? Or I mean, was that something that, uh, well, I, when did you have like, that epiphany there? Well, you're, you're like most guys, most guys learn it when it's too late. You yeah. Know? It's like Billy Bean's quote on my website. He said, spring, if you knew this at 18 and said, learning at 30, people might know who you are. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I mean, he's, but he's right. You yeah. know, I was, at, I was at a Christian retreat with my wife about eight years ago. It was all Major League Baseball players, minor league baseball players, and their wives. And I'm in like a seven-man group. 
And I didn't know anybody. And you had to introduce yourself at 10 o'clock at night. I said, my name is Steve Springer. I'm the mental coach of the Blue Jays. And I see this 20-year-old kid just smiling. And I said, you got my CD, don't you, buddy? He's like, I can't believe you're here, man. He said, I've had it for five years. I can't wait till I tell my brother-in-law you're here. He's going to flip. I said, who's your brother-in-law? He said, Ben Zobrist. Okay. Ben Zobrist got my CD when he was 25 years old in AA, beating himself up over his stats, over his batting average, non-confident Ben showing up. I met him that night. He gave me a hug. He said, dude, you changed the way I think. He said, the batting average is my trap. And when I, when I heard you say that it was a trap and I'm going to be the best Ben Zobrist with an attainable goal to hit the ball hard and help my team win, it's not about me. It's about me helping my team. Two years later, Clint, was a major league all-star because he got the right guy playing. Right. Yeah, and Ben, I mean, that guy, I mean, it's easy to kind of hear these things, think about like, oh, these are just kind of like jocks or what have you. Uh, ben, oddly enough, was the guy I played with in the Astros. We were both in the Lexington Legends together. And talk about a smart, quality, just A-plus individual, human being. You know oh, what I mean? That, better and, human being than a player. No question. And the dude's a World Series MVP. And uh, for for a guy like that to be able to struggle mentally and to follow it, you know what I mean. So everybody out there listening, I want you to know that it's so natural for everyone to fall into this sort of thing, and you know to get some quality advice from somebody who's been there, and uh, just a little reminder. And, and it's not just like a one time reminder. People can hear this one time and be like, "Oh, I'm fired up. Yeah, let's go do this. Opening day is today." And then they they struggle, and then tomorrow or the next day they struggle. Yeah, yeah. And then it's uh, okay. What was that? What was that website again? What was that video I watched? You know what I mean? So, um, so no, I mean it's for real. But uh, but Steve, where where can people get more on this? Like if the people are wanting to, you know, check out your DVD or um, learn more about what you've got going on, like what kind of programs do you have? Well, everything I I do is quality at bats. So my my email is quality at bats at aol dot com. My my website is qualityatbats.com, uh, all one word. Uh, I have an online academy called uh, qualityatbatsacademy.com where, you know, okay. for, like, for like $89, you could put your kid in there and he could upload his swing. I got over 100 audios and, and videos in there. We keep adding content, uh, doing interviews like you're doing, uh, you know, just trying to help people. Out. I'm huge on Twitter at qualityatbats. Uh, but I highly recommend getting my CD DVD combo. Uh, it's money back guarantee, man. I'm not trying to steal money from people. I'm, uh, you know, one you got to make a little, a little bit. But it's yeah, like, no, absolutely can't give it away. Know, but that's it's I mean, valuable. I, I feel I should be charging six hundred, not sixty. Right. You know, I mean, if, if I told you that I could change your life for six hundred bucks, you'd give it to me. And I got something for sixty dollars, where, where you know, it's like a hitting lesson, you yeah. know. But it, but it's a mental hitting lesson, and, and we give ourselves too much credit to remember what we're taught. Just like what you just said. I mean, A.J. Pollock told me he listened to my CD over a thousand times. Daniel Murphy with the Nats told me he listened to it over 800 times. Right. You know, so it's, it's just a matter of if something makes you feel good. And I'm just talking that if you have a coach that makes you feel good and, and now you're going to move on. Let's say you're, you're a college guy and you love your college hitting coach and now you go play pro baseball. Get something on audio with that coach for 10 minutes. You're talking to you and him about you on your iPhone. And now you have 10 minutes that you could always go back to, you know, I used to make CDs or, or little messages, audios with every single Blue Jay player had 10 to 15 minutes of me and them talking about them because I was a rover, right? And yeah. I wasn't there all the time. And I just believe that there's power in that, in the, in the audio CD. You know, I love that line that we give ourselves too much credit to remember what we're taught. 
And if somebody makes you good, get something on audio so you can just keep playing it. Yeah, no, that's fantastic advice. I had never, uh, never thought about that. Just even on a, you know, just a one-on-one, you know, Hey, this guy, he always just pumps me up, but then, you know what I mean? It's like taking a bath. It lasts for a little bit, but it, you know, you need to do it every now and then. So that's a good analogy. Uh, I, I might steal that one. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Take it. Take it. It's well, see, now, that's, so. that's the whole thing. Clint. It's like, I didn't come out of the womb with this stuff, man. Right. I, I didn't, I didn't start in high school. I got cut in college and now I'm teaching all stars, right? We're all going to create a philosophy. I'm hoping that I say something that that you like, and now you give me credit once, and then it's yours. Right. You know. I mean, right. I I didn't like I said, man. I I learned from Clint Hurdle and Tommy McCraw and and all my teammates, and you know, and, and if if somebody says something smart, bro, I'm gonna put it in my database. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, that's what we're trying to do here. You know what I mean? It's it's not okay for someone to go through their career kind of like uh, like I did or you did, where you learn about something at 25, 26 years old, because we're not all Ben Zobrist and double A at that age. You know what I mean? We're, we're done. You know what I mean? And so in order to, you know, it's important for people to listen to your message at a young age because it's a very powerful message and it's, 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 it's right, man. I mean, there's no really no, no, no blowing smoke on you here, but That's I mean, what it's, I say, man. It, it's right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's right. And I don't mean that boastfully. I mean, I've been doing this thing since 2001 uh, I've spoken to the top colleges in the country and, and I've spoken to girls softball that bought in. I spoke to the University of Notre Dame baseball team and that night they set me up a speaking engagement and all of a sudden the girls softball team shows up. Right. And I'm like, all right, hitting's hitting. Right. They, they bought my CDs and they, the word batting average was not said the whole year. Wow. And they led the, and they led the nation in hitting that year. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, the way to do it. I mean, it really, there's really something to it. I mean, um, you know, again, back, back to me, some of my best seasons were in like fall ball whenever there really weren't any stats. You know what I mean? It's just like, man, I think uh, I got three, three hits today again. You know what I mean? But there was no, there was just no anxiety about what, what was accumulating. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that as the game, I think baseball's done a really good job of, of growing. It's been so stagnant for a long time, but now all of a sudden they're embracing you know, these analytics and these different measurements of what, hey, batting average isn't necessarily the best way. Maybe it's more, right. you know what I mean? We, yeah, we were kind of looking at different ways. Well, we're talking about sabermetrics, and I get it a little bit, but it's not, I, you know, sabermetrics for me is not in the one hole. I mean, right. it's important, but the mind is in the one hole, man. Because, you know, until you could push a button and tell me how many times these guys were walking up to the plate with confidence with a good approach. Right. The numbers are skewed because they're taking guys that, have good approaches that are great competitors and then they got guys that are beat themselves up and then they're putting them in a little machine and they come up with an average right well i if i'm if i'm a team man i'm hiring mental coaches i'm hiring guys that that know how to get the right guy playing because i just i just believe that too many players let their mind get in the way of their ability instead of help their ability and i used to think that baseball was about the mind the approach and mechanics all three important you know Right. It's, it's like the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, bro. They're all important, right? Right. But it's, but it's like, <laughs> it, it's like I, I almost change it to the approach is the number one. Because okay. I don't care how confident you are, if your approach sucks, you're going to lose your confidence. And, right. and if your approach sucks, your mechanics are going to break down. So this is why I'm so into hunting speeds and, and, and being on time and, you know, and, and taking controlled violent swings. You know, for me, hitting slow feet, fast hands, quiet head taking a controlled violent swing on a speed I'm looking for done with my mechanics. And now it's right. about competing. It's about being a better competitor. You are a player. And 
like I said, if your compete level ever goes below your ability level, bro, you are underachieving. Right. And that, and that's a choice. But now we got to find out where the mental minefields are in baseball. <laughs> and there are so many of them, you know. So let's change what we think success is. You hit the ball hard, you win. When somebody asks you what you're going to do for a living, you tell them you hit balls hard for a living. And if you get a hit, it's a bonus. Right. Nice. No, that's fantastic. That's great. So, so I'll put a link to all those uh, quality at-bats, places they can find you online. And um, if somebody wants Thank to get you. in contact with you, I mean, if somebody wanted to work with you personally, I mean, do you do any of that going on or is it all pretty much? Uh, I do. I, I, thanks for bringing that up. I have a mentoring program and uh, uh, every word out of my mouth is going to try and help you or your son uh, be a big leaguer and a good person and, and just shoot me an email or shoot me a tweet, a DM to quality at bats or send me an email quality at bats at AOL.com. And uh, we'll talk about that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's fantastic. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the difference between a, a, you know, a player having a successful career playing in college or, or going on to play professionally and that same kid who flamed out their senior year in high school or junior college is, is literally just one adjustment away. I mean, there's, there's so many little things that um, can just change somebody's career. It almost sounds, you know, uh, dramatic saying that it's life changing, what have you, <laughs> but, but it, you know, something small can make such a huge difference. And, uh, anyway, I bet a lot of people benefit from that. So, um, anyway, Steve, any, any last words for our audience before we cut out here? Uh, yeah. In closing, your career starts when you say, I don't care what I hit. The bad average is the biggest trap in the game Man, get great at being a better competitor than you are a player. Have fun, right? If you're playing with tension, anxiety, and pressure, trust me, you're playing with the wrong player, man. Right, every day's opening day, and you play, and I don't give a crap mode about me, and then give me a call in a couple of years and thank me. <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. I love it. Every day is opening day. So, all right, Steve. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, and we'll uh, right, we'll be bro. in touch with you soon, man. Thanks a lot. Thank, thank you, brother. Talks.